Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joining me as always in the post-game show, Brian Anthony Davis and Dave Schofield. It is not a joyous occasion, not as joyous as we thought it would be. The Steelers do not come away victorious in week four against the New York Jets, losing 24-20 to in, I think, disastrous fashion is a good adjective to call this loss. Kenny Pickett makes his debut. He makes a lot of plays, also makes a lot of bad ones, and the Steelers find their way to another loss. Three straight now as they head into the Week 5 game against the Buffalo Bills. Should be fun. Brian Davis, what's going on? How's it going? This is, you know, this is a fairy tale that went wrong in the second half. It it thought you thought it was going to be great, but it's like Tim Burton directed it and if you notice in the title, I said the fairy tale initially went wrong. Doesn't mean it's doesn't mean that Pickett's bad. Just didn't work out today like we really thought it was going to. Dave's Gofield, what's going on, Dave? Oh, Jeff. <laughs> oh, oh, Jeff. Oh, Jeff. Yeah, I know. With 12 minutes and five seconds remaining in the game, the Steelers held a 10-point lead, and they had the Jets in a third and six at their own 23. Yeah. At that moment, you got to be thinking, all right, that's what I was thinking. That's what you were thinking. That's what a lot of us were thinking. Third and six, 12 minutes left, deep in Jets territory. The, the 35-yard pass, and it all just rolls from there. The Steelers blow a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. Yeah, no, you're right. And there is a, there's a lot to dissect in this postgame podcast here. Um, I think that we all can admit that we were excited when Kenny Pickett came in in the second half. Uh, he made, like I said at the, at the opening, he made a lot of good plays. He made some that definitely will be criticized and rightfully so if there's one thing i want to be i want to be fair and i want to be as equal as possible when it comes to if we were going to criticize trubisky for making some of those throws i want to criticize kenny pickett for some of those throws now i want to bring brian back up uh here brian when you heard the kenny pickett or maybe you just saw it i don't know if you were watching on twitter prior to well, coming out of halftime when they were already saying that Kenny Pickett's got a helmet on, Trubisky's got a hat on. I don't know if you saw that. I think it was in our Slack channel. But what was your reaction when they went to Kenny Pickett in the second half? I Well, first of all, I did not see it in the Slack channel. Where I saw it was just with my own eyes before the end of the half when I noticed Kenny Pickett following Tomlin and they were talking and basically uh, you could tell that uh, it was going to happen after the half uh, so i kind of anticipated it but when i saw him come out i'm like it's kenny it's kenny and my wife's like looks up and goes who's kenny i'm like ah <laughs> you've got a lot to learn and of course in the next five minutes she learned his entire history dave i mean we were watching the game together but i mean we you were excited for kenny pickett's uh debut uh what do you think about it now after watching the second half and the way it played out he needs to be the guy he needs to be the guy going forward. Once you make that move, you don't go back from that move. Coach Tomlin wasn't ready to commit to that move. Are we surprised? I mean. I am. I'm pissed. I'm pissed that, about it. I, I'm not because I said all along, they're slow playing Kenny Pickett. Constantly slow playing him. Constantly slow playing. I was shocked they went to him at halftime just because of the way the Steelers do it. Boy, that was electric. It just felt different the whole game. And once the Steelers, you know, they were down 10 to nothing. 
down 10 to six at halftime, come back to two touchdowns. It was that whole, I, I never in my mind thought about the Steelers losing this game at that point, because it was Kenny Pickett. Here we go. Rolling on going forward. The fact that they did not win the game, it doesn't matter. They need to keep going with Pickett. Yeah, they need to. I, I just, I don't understand after the game. And for those that don't know, you can check out both on our audio side. Brian did a, the Mike Tomlin post game uh, press conference recap. Tomlin was asked point blank. Are you going to roll with Kenny Pickett essentially starting next week? And he said, we're not ready to commit to anyone next week. We'll talk about that then. I, I get it. But like Dave said, you can't go away from Pickett at this point. Not in my opinion. We've all been saying this from the get-go. We've been saying it from the moment the 20th pick and the 2022 draft was made. We said when they go to Pickett, whenever that is, they got to stick with him. Brian, what are your thoughts on Tomlin not really willing to commit to Pickett as of right now? That's yeah, Mike Tomlin. He wasn't going to commit to Kenny Pickett if Kenny Pickett threw three touchdown passes and won that game. Mike Tomlin would have said the same thing. And you might think, oh, you're wrong, right? But nah, he probably would have because Tomlin doesn't commit. Tomlin wants to go look at tape. Tomlin was asked about an interception by Kenny Pickett um, that went off the fingertips of Pat Fryermuth. His exact words were, I was dealing with the defense transition. I don't know. I didn't see it. I'll have to go look at it. So, you know, I, I kind of think that uh, I agree with both of you. You can't go back. I don't think they're going back. I think the Kenny Pickett era has begun. And what I saw, despite the, the gaffes and the interceptions, I saw an offense that felt electrified. I felt like the offense, I mean, they scored two touchdowns. And they also, I mean, I felt like if Penny, Kenny Pickett would got the ball back with more time, that they probably move it down the field. And I would have been very confident that they would have scored a touchdown there. Because I think that the transition looked pretty good. Remember when Ben Roethlisberger came in? He also threw two interceptions in that game. He threw one on his second pass play. And those were also balls from Kenny Pickett that were both deflected. Were they great passes? No. He does deserve to get some criticism if Mitch Trubisky gets criticism. But I felt so much more comfortable with that offense from the very first snap with number eight behind center. It did have a different vibe to it for sure. Let's get this super chat on the screen. 499 from Wilson Pava. Thank you very much for the tip. He said, if a Florida bar full of Steeler fans knows it's Kenny time, so does Tomlin. I think he's just saying he's uncommitted to throw other teams off. The team, I get it, but the team's one in three. I mean, at, at some point you just say, <laughs> I mean, wh what are we doing here? I mean, do you think Buffalo cares? Buffalo doesn't care. They're not waiting and in, in with bated breath at Mike Tomlin's post-game press conference. Don't give the coach that much credit. If Genny Crosby gives us a dollar ninety-nine, says, let's just acknowledge TJ Watt is Miss Badly. Oh no, it's not just Miss Badly. <laughs> he is their entire no. freaking defense, apparently. It's atrocious. You know, it's funny how Mike Tomlin said dominant. He used that adjective for what he expected from the defense this season. Dominant. I'm sorry, but a dominant unit doesn't fold. When you lose a player, I don't care if it's a reigning defensive player of the year, just completely fold. Dave, you said you look like you wanted to say something. I'll give you the floor. Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to come something interesting enough for when it comes to, to, to Kenny Pickett. The biggest thing is, whether they were his fault or not, 
the offense turned the ball over. Yeah. That's really the – they did not punt in the second half. In the first half, the Steelers were one of six on third down conversions. In the second half, they were five of six on third down conversions and one of one on fourth down conversions of the one conversion they didn't make. You can't say that it wasn't a completely different outcome with the offense in the second half. That's why you got to roll with it. They'll, they're, they'll sit back and look at it, and they, they just want to be thorough. But come on, they, once you once you show you're willing to do it once, you've got it. You've got to be willing to go with it. I agree. Now I want to ask you all about the Pittsburgh Steelers defense because I think that that is almost more of a story than Kenny Pickett. As crazy as that sounds, Kenny Pickett's debut is something we've all been waiting for for a very long time, and it finally gets here, and he provides a 10-point lead to this team. And when you think about the first half with Mitch Trubisky, if it weren't for the Carl Lawson roughing the passer, they never would have had that second field goal, would have been 10-3 to at half. That's neither here nor there, but I think the defense here is, and almost to me, it's a bigger story than anything that happened on the offensive side of the ball. Brian, what are your thoughts on the defense? The defense ultimately lost that game because they could have gotten the ball back. You know, when you turn over the ball like you did with three minutes and 40 some seconds, or I'm, I'm really close there. I don't know the exact, but when you turn it over under four minutes and they're at the 35 yard line, their own 35 yard line, that's where the defense has to batten down the hatches and get after Zach Wilson and make him tremble in a puddle of his own urine. And they could not. They made him turn into a superstar that knew every time he went under center that, yeah, I'm going to get this done. I've got this. And they did not squash his confidence. In fact, they built him up. As good as we've been seeing plays from Smith this year, he's not finishing tackles. He's just getting there and he's not getting the sacks. My gosh, that man could have eight or nine tackles, uh, excuse me, eight or nine sacks this season already. But yeah. guys are getting away from him too. I don't want to criticize the best player on the defense right now besides Minka Fitzpatrick, but the defense did not get it done. And like everybody's saying, TJ Watt, you know, uh, do some Iron Man stuff if you have to. Get a bungee cord. I don't care. Get back out there. Steel Dog 88 gives us $5. Thank you very much for the tip. He said, I don't feel bad for this loss. I believe the defense and Austin, I'm talking about Terrell Austin, deserve criticism for that last drive. Dave, what are your thoughts on the defense? Just um, in general. Just in general. It's, it's, it's a defense that's one way with TJ Watt and one without. It's just, it's that important. They just, they couldn't get it done. And, Granted, there was a big discrepancy in time of possession in the fourth quarter. There was not a big discrepancy in time of possession for the game. So the whole notion of the defense is gassed, the defense is, is gassed. Well, they might have been gassed just from one quarter, but they were not out there. I mean, the, the, the total time of possession. Hold on. Let me see what it was. I'm pretty sure it was – It was. Uh, well, because the Steelers got the ball back. The Steelers won the time of possession of 30 minutes and one second to the Jets' 29 minutes and 59 seconds. Wow. Two seconds different in the time of possession. The problem was it was in the fourth quarter. But the excuse of they were gassed, yeah, the Jets had, had, the, had the ball for over nine minutes in the fourth quarter. But still, by the fourth game of the season, if you can't split 
even time of possession without being wiped out at the end. That's not it. It just, they just didn't get it done. They just didn't get it done. Evgeny Crosby gives us four ninety nine. He said, "Make of Fitzpatrick and Cam Hayward costing the Steelers timeouts in the final two minutes with injuries came back from uh, that they came back from totally stupid and cost us." So that's okay. I know what he's talking about. And he what he's talking about is that these players, as sometimes they're buying time. You know, outside of two minutes, veteran moved. You're cramping up. You just lay there. You give your team a chance to kind of get yourself together. He's talking about the injuries that they were eventually able to come back from, and it does cost some timeouts, and those do turn into costly. But I don't know about the injuries. I, I, I mean, you know, Jeffrey Benedict's in the live chat right now as a part of the BTSE staff saying that the defense was never the same once Minka Fitzpatrick came back in. Wilson Pava gives us $1.99. He says the defense made Wilson look like Ben. Biggest need is cornerback. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to it eventually. Dave, I'm, what do you want to say? I was going to say what a, what a difference Terrell Edmonds makes. I mean – in, in all honesty, there at the end, that would have been that would have been different with him being out there. I, I do believe. Yeah. All right, Brian. Anything to add to that? No. I I think if you're hurt and you can't get up, I don't think you're mismanaging. You just can't get up at that point. Yeah. Now Tyler W gives us five dollars. Thank you very much. He said, "I think the third down defense is the issue. The Steelers have been giving up a lot of third and six, seven, eight, and nine, and even more." Uh, the third down defense, I believe, surrendered about 500. I think the Jets were six for 12 um, when I did a quick look at it before the show began. I'm yes. Like, am, I, am I right, Dave? No, they were six for 15. Oh, okay. The Steelers were six for 12. Got it. Okay. So six for 15. So I want to say a lot of those conversions came at the most inopportune times. Yeah. And it was in the second half, mainly on the final few drives. Um, but you know what? We're going to do this. We're going to break this down the way we always do. And that is with the numbers. We're going to look at the stats. We're going to talk about the quarterbacks first because we always talk about the quarterbacks first. So let's start off with who played in the first half, which was one Mitch Trubisky. Seven of 13, 84 yards, six and a half yard average, no touchdowns, one interception. He had was sacked three times for 26 yards with a rating of 41.8. Then Kenny Pickett came in in the second half, 10 of 13. So same amount of attempts. 120 yards, 9.2 yard average, no touchdowns, was intercepted three times. Don't forget the final Hail Mary was intercepted in the end zone for a touchback. He was not sacked with a 65.1 rating. Kenny Pickett also had two rushing touchdowns, so that might change some people's view of his game uh, altogether. Let's talk about the quarterbacks first. Brian, what were your thoughts on the quarterback play? I thought the quarterback play in the first half was abysmal there would have actually been another interception, but Tom Zach, excuse me, Tom, I call him Tom Zach. Tom Zach. I, <laughs> man. We need a good laugh. That was Tom a good Zach once played for the bears as well. Yeah. Um, Trubisky, you know, he got off the hook. The Steelers got that 15 yard penalty. There was that penalty at the end of the game. Next thing you know, you can go ahead and throw a, uh, you can go ahead and get that 59-yard field goal. So, I mean, Trubisky, I just thought was, yeah, I thought he was okay. But uh, I was glad to see him replaced at the time. Then Kenny comes in. And for me, the big thing is the difference between the five or six yards per attempt to the uh, the nine yards. And Kenny was throwing it downfield. He was, he was looking around. He was using more players, more to their ability. I don't, I'm not going to go out and say that the team played harder. The, the team played hard for fourth quarter, four quarters. But I just felt they were more energized with 
Kenny Pickett in there. I thought it looked better. Three interceptions are going to go against his record. He, you know, I always throw that Hail Mary away, which if I'm going to throw a Hail Mary away, then I'll probably throw it away for Trubisky too. And it did get away. Um, but I just don't think, uh, you know, if they're saying, if Adam Archuleta is saying that this guy, Kenny Pickett, hardly got any reps in practice all week long, and he came in there and he was 10 for 13, and he was coming from behind, which he was when he started, then, you know, what's he going to do when he's further entrenched? I thought there was an upgraded quarterback despite the loss. All right, let's get a super chat up here. Uh, Tom Muir gives us $5. He's late to join. Ben lost the first game he appeared in. That was a week two game against the Ravens in M- at M&T Bank Stadium. So the defense couldn't get the stops late when needed. This is going to be a long season. I think a lot of people would agree that it's going to be a long season. Uh, then we have, uh, I think it's Chris Moranti gives us $1.99. Mitch, three and a half games, two touchdowns. Kenny played a half game. He scored two touchdowns with his legs, but I get it. Um, yeah. The stats. I, I think that Mitch had a rushing touchdown as well. Yes. Um. So yeah, that's nitpicking. Uh, and then Still, uh, two dollar yeah. tip from Will Fredo Vasquez, eleven. I think I'll take the L with K. Talking about Kenny, we looked better. The Steelers looked better with him. All right, Dave, your turn to talk about the quarterbacks. What do you think? The tale of two halves. I mean, one quarterback um, had his team down had the team down four points and let them back to a 10 point lead. But I mean, what more can you ask for a quarterback to do coming in to do that? I know it wasn't pretty the whole time. I I, I joked at Jeff, what, which one was it? It was one of the passes to Pickens on the outside. And I turned and I said, Oh, but Jeff, that was terrible. He threw it leaning back on his back foot, you know, kind of joking of how we we obviously are holding as fans a different standard for Kenny Pickett than we are for Mitch Trubisky. I get it, but there's a different expectation for both of those players because Mitch Trubisky is not viewed as the guy that's going to lead the the team into the future. So therefore he has to get it done now or else it's not worth it. Where Kenny Pickett, it's someone like in the second half moving forward, you know, knowing that it's more than just this year, and therefore, you're wanting to see the growth and improve and everything. This was a starting point for Kenny Pickett in, the, in an overall play for a guy that only got the second team reps all week, I assume, if that's what the report is. Um, you, you just because you, you don't go into a game thinking you're going to replace your quarterback at halftime. You just don't do that. So to say, oh, they should have had him play. No, you'd go into the game with your normal game plan. But the fact that they actually said, you know what, we didn't even give Kenny many reps or anything, any, any, anything more than the normal second team reps all week, but they still were willing to go to him. People should not be complaining about that. This is a great starting point for him. I just want to see it now moving forward. I don't know if if fans that and if you played any sport and you get put into the lineup in the middle of a game where you don't have a lot of preparation, like that is difficult. I, I don't think people understand exactly like Dave talked about, or it might've been Brian talked about Adam Archuleta saying, you know, when we saw them practice this week, Kenny wasn't getting any reps at all. I mean, it was all Mitch Trubisky. So then Kenny gets thrust in there. That's a challenge for the coordinator too. Let's not forget that everyone wants to bag on Matt Canada all the time. And I understand why. But then all of a sudden, now you have a different quarterback in who does things differently. Uh, he excels at different things. He might struggle in certain areas that they wanted to focus on with the other quarterback. That, that's not easy. 
And so now if, and this is one of the reasons why I was so mad when, when Tomlin wouldn't even say, you know what, Kenny's our guy moving forward because that, it just leaves too much up in the air. I, I listened to the Kenny Pickett post-game press conference, and they're asking him, did Coach tell you anything? No, I haven't heard anything. Coach said, he, you know, he'll let us know. Well, what in the world is going on? Like, this is, to me, from an organizational leadership standpoint, this is a snafu of all snafus if it if it lingers. If Tuesday Tomlin doesn't come out and say, you know, we, it is what it is, we're going to go forward with Kenny Pickett, then – then I, I'm telling you what, I've been a Mike Tomlin apologist for a long time. It's going to change, and I'm going to start going to the dark side, so to speak. Dave, what do you want to say? Well, I don't want to – Brian hasn't got a chance to talk for a long time. If he needs uh, to jump in there, too. Up. I saw oh, you I did. I'm, what was the last thing you say? If he doesn't take care of this soon going forward, right? Yeah. If you wouldn't have thrown that in there, I would have said, Jeff, I could not disagree with you anymore with this. Because what do you expect him to say after a game? He hasn't even had a chance to talk with Kenny Pickett after the loss with everything going forward. You don't make you you didn't want to make a, a quick snap judgment before. You don't make it now. No, I did want I did want a, I did want a quick, Tuesday. I did want a quick snap judgment before, by the way, because if you listen to me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted the quick snap, yeah. snap judgment, but also but you should know better. You should no know one, better. No one communicates more to his team through the media than Mike Tomlin. What would it mean if, if he gets up there and he says, Kenny's our guy? Then when Kenny Pickett comes in, whether he's talked to him or not, they say, hey, Tomlin was just in here, said you're the guy moving forward. What? How's that make you feel? And then Kenny's thinking, yeah, let's freaking go. Instead, he's answering questions about why his coach wouldn't commit to him. Brian, I'll give you a chance to talk. Go ahead. Jeff, I guess to wait. <laughs> I understand exactly what you're saying, but uh, I never say this. But Jeff, I think you're wrong here, and here's why I think you are not just wrong, but you egregiously wrong because Ooh. you you know Mike Tomlin. You have seen him. He's not changing his thing. I said this at the beginning of the show. He never plays his hand in the post game press conference. He wants to evaluate this whole thing. You know, in his head. Would probably say in his head if i'm a betting man that yeah kenny pickett is the quarterback going forward i don't think he's going to make that change because when he looks at it he's going to see yeah we did play when i say we the steelers did play better when kenny pickett was on the field but he is not a knee-jerk guy and he's never been a knee-jerk guy and i don't think you expect him to do that he's not gonna he doesn't have time to go see I, I'll, I'll let you go jeff but I'm the host right now. Um, <laughs> you know, he doesn't have time to go to Kenny and say, okay, you're going forward. They're going, Mike, press conference. Come on, let's go, Mike. And he's trying to talk to these guys in the locker room, go to the press conference, get whisked over to there. It's just not a position where he could do that. And, I mean, we're asking for him to do it now. But you know how busy you are after the game. And you're preparing the website. You're preparing the uh, for this show and you're getting everything, you're listening to the press conferences, you don't have time to say, hey, Brian, your performance wasn't great this, this week on the post-game press conference. I'm going with Dave next week. <laughs> Wait, Can I do Jeff that? Because that would be hysterical. I'm piling on, okay? Because, oh. Jeff, think about this for a minute. How many times have we said how terrible it was that a player, not with the Steelers, because that I can think of an example of this, but I've heard examples from other teams where a player finds out that they got released on Twitter, 
you know, they, they, they didn't even get to have the conversation yet. And the news breaks about stuff going on with that. Do you think Mike Tomlin's going to give the media the opportunity to tell Kenny Pickett he's starting next week? Like you, like you gave an example, no freaking way. No, Mike Tomlin will not do that. That's why he did what he did. And guess what? I'm not worried one bit about Tuesday hearing about Kenny Pickett being the starter next week. I'm not. I'm, and, and, if, and if it ends up happening, I'm going to be ticked. But I have that confidence because they made the move that that's what it's going to be. I'm not worried about it. Here's the thing. I did not expect him to. Okay, I did not expect him to. He, I think he missed an opportunity to. And no, everything about his history and Mike Tomlin would say that he's not going to do it. And he might not even do it on Tuesday. And I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't on Tuesday. But what I'm trying to say is that he missed a golden opportunity. Now, Brian, you said he has to go and evaluate. What does he have to evaluate? (laughs) What does he have to evaluate? I mean, I'm sorry. If you have to evaluate after watching that, then we're seeing two different things. You heard the man, though. There's (laughs) one guy that played well, well enough that you're sitting there thinking, hey, he was put in a tough spot and played pretty well. Yeah, I know he threw interceptions, but he also rushed for two touchdowns, moved the ball, had good third down numbers, went in in a connection with George Pickens. Oh, my gosh. And so still, I I just – Sorry, I, we can disagree. That's fine. I just feel like he missed a golden opportunity. We have some super chats to get to. I brought West, it up. <laughs> $5. We were going to talk about this when we get to the defensive side of the ball, which we will eventually. He said we have, uh, what, six cornerbacks on the roster and not one that is above average. And we kind of knew that coming into this thing, that the Steelers had a lot of number twos and no number one, or maybe if you put it that way, we'll see. But we'll talk about that, Wes, for sure. Tanya McBride gives us 499 said we didn't have losing seasons in 2019 when this team started out 0 and 3 in 2013 they started off 0 and 4 don't panic well those years yeah, they were also uh, could finish 8 and 8 so that's a different thing about this we'll see Tom Muir gives us $5 again thank you Tom the only thing that concerns me is that Kenny Pickett looks like the starter from the replacements JK KP8 gives gave the offense more energy let his era begin I agree Tom and the replacements is one of the worst football movies ever created so let's not bring that up again oh, um, oh, Isaac no, Aguilera no, no. be quiet Brian Isaac Aguilera gives us two dollars says I like <laughs> I like Dave said Tomlin is a what <laughs> this was on the Scobro show after the Patriots loss that I said he is such he is I'm like Mike Tomlin like curls up in the corner like like I expect him to be scared and sucking his thumb when he goes against Bill Belichick. I said I wanted to compare him. I said there's a word I want to use that I can't use, but it's often used to either describe a cat or a willow, is what I said on that show. But now I have not seen that since the Patriots. That is something because I said Mike Tomlin doesn't live in his fears unless he's playing Bill Belichick or if it's in the postseason, you know. Okay. And now it's my brother and I keep adding to this list. My brother threw another one out there earlier um, in the live chat. I don't even remember what it was. Mike Tomlin doesn't live in his fears. And then we add except our two main ones are in the postseason and against Bill Belichick. So that's when I said that Isaac is right. Uh, do you want to talk about coaching? Do you did you have? Was, did anything really stand out with you with co- with the coaching today? What, well, in, what, in what way? Well, people want to complain about the coaches. All oh, they didn't have them prepared. All oh, the offensive play calling or the defense or whatever. Where, did you come out of this loss screaming, "Man, the coaches really screwed up on this one"? No, I mean, I, I, I don't either. Uh, did we miss another super chat? Tyler saying we missed. We got Wes's super chat. Up we got Wes's. I don't think there was one before. He gave, Wes. he gave us another one. My apologies, Wes. Put it in the live chat. And we'll get it up there. For, no, you don't have to pay us again. Just comment <laughs> what you're gonna say. And I'll put it yeah. up on screen. All right, we have to keep this moving. We got to keep yeah. it going. The quarterback play is going to be a hot button topic for the rest of the week for sure. 
until Mike Tomlin decides it's convenient for him to make the call on the quarterback for next week. Uh, let's talk about the rushing numbers. The Steelers rushed for 119 yards total, a 3.8 average. They did have two touchdowns, both from Kenny Pickett, and a long run of 16 yards. Najee Harris, 18 carries for 74 yards, a 4.1 average. Jalen Warren, 3 for 18. Kenny Pickett, 6 for 15. Deontay Johnson, 2 for 11. What do you all think about, we'll talk about the offensive line here with the uh, rushing attack because we can also throw in the sacks. They did give up uh, three sacks total to Mitch Trubisky in the first half. Guys, what do you think about the rushing numbers, the runners, as well as the offensive line? Brian, we'll start with you. Week one and week two, it was at a low level. Week three, you're like, hmm, I think uh, they're starting to figure some things out with rushing and week four i'd be like all right they're on the cusp of it you know i i really thought that was 3.8 that's you want to be at four 3.8 you know dangerously close but i thought they had some really good runs in that game they nothing was broken for a long one of course you you haven't seen that yet but i i really like where they are with that but they were down a good part of the uh the first half and they, uh, I really thought it was a, a good showing from the running game. Dave, what do you th- what do you think? Yeah, I like that they that they stuck with it. It wasn't some people said they they rushed the ball more in the second half. They had three more rushes in the second half than they did in the first half, and I remember three of them were Kenny Pickett. So um, when when you think about turning and handing the ball off and everything, it was. It was just about well, that's right. Technically, six of them were Kenny Pickett. Sorry, I was just thinking about the fourth down and the two touchdowns. So they they were handing the ball off pretty evenly in both halves. I I just like the overall production. Um, you know, Najee Harris over four yards, Jalen Warren over six yards on the average. Um, you know, Kenny Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky brought that average down, but you also got to remember you're not generally asking your quarterback to run for seven yards a carry. Um, overall, it was it wasn't nearly as efficient as it was last last week, but or last game, I guess it was so many days ago. But I liked the fact that they had more carries, even though the average was down, because it showed that you had a commitment to it and you were staying with it, and it was successful enough that they could. I thought the run, the, the running game, and I'd, I'd love to see Najee Harris get over 20 carries in a game for once. I mean, he had 18 for 74, but they ran the ball well enough that Dave and I are watching the game, and I said, they've got this set up for RPO here, play action. They were definitely mixing it up. They ran it well enough that they could play off of the running game. And that's what you ultimately want. Uh, I want to throw it back to Brian. Brian, I, I want to give you a chance to kind of focus more on the offensive line. What are your thoughts on the offensive line as a whole here uh, after week four? You know, I I really uh, thought some of those sacks in the uh, the first quarter, excuse me, the first half, I was really worried about, you know, Dan Moore Jr. I did not think as far as the production looked as good. I thought those guys were on the run. I'm uh, – those quarterbacks being with that being said, I, I'm kind of really thinking that if you break it up into a run and pass run looks so much better before the pass l- rush looks so much better. I think that they can still get things together, but it's not a first class line. And I don't know if it's ever going to be this year, but if it could get to that average to above average range, then they've got something going but there's going to struggle and they did again in this first half. Dave thoughts on the offensive line. 
Yeah, I like that Brian said there in the in the first half because that's one thing I was thinking and of course then saying to you was I was giving this line kudos for what they had done, especially the last two weeks. And I, I did it in, in a, an article on Saturday and things. And, and someone even responded and said, yes, this line is, is doing a great job. And I said, but it could change next week. You're, you're just not sure. That first half was rough. It really was. It was the first time any of the offensive linemen had given up a sack this year. I know there had been sacks, but they weren't attributed to linemen. They hadn't given up much, much pressures. That it, that was not the case in the first half. But then, like I say, it's the spark. Kenny Pickett comes in. I don't know what. I mean, I would love to see if if I'm going to have to try to look to see if there was any hits or anything of that nature. In the second half by the Jets defense, because it seemed like, well, there was the one oh big my gosh, he got jacked on that. Pass I mean, I was going to say how, how many of them um, in the second half, because, yeah, there was only two, there was, they had two quarterbacks back hits in the second half, the Jets did. And, but, and for the game, they had, what was it for the game? Six. So they had four in the first half and two in the second half. I just felt that the line, sometimes when you got the rookie quarterback in there, you got a lot, you're, you're, you're like, I can't be the one that screws up. On, on top of that, I, I don't know what the different mentality was, but I thought the line played better in the second half. But yeah, that first half was rough. Yeah, I mean, I thought the offensive line, I, it's the penalties that drive me nuts. It's its the it, the Steelers look, and they're not alone. They, they, we've seen it in multiple games, not just Pittsburgh. The illegal man downfield, they're calling that more. I even said to Dave during the game, they are calling that a lot more in 2022. Jets got I hit with heard. one too. The Jets got hit with one as well. You have to learn and you got to adapt. That's the thing. You can't have these penalties. And I, I've said it. I didn't feel as this way with Pickett in the game as much as I did with Trubisky. The, the This fragile nature of the offense. Like they could not surrender a bad play. Negative play. A loss of five. A loss of two. Penalty. I felt like at one time if they had a negative play, might as well just throw Presley Harvin out there then and punt the ball away. But it's a little different with Kenny Pickett, but still the offensive line, I'd love to see them cut down on penalties. That was pretty rough. Uh, let's get this super chat here. $1.99 from Tristan. Uh, he said, oh, the offense was good with Kenny Pickett. Defense is elite with Watt. I feel good. But once TJ Watt comes back, <laughs> they still haven't yeah. won a game. I mean, they still haven't won a game. They've tied a game without TJ Watt since the start of 2021. So let's keep that in mind. Uh, Tom Muir gives us $2. Gunner is gone. Calvin Austin the third is back this week. He could be back this week and so could Demonte KZ. Uh that is another option uh for coming off of injured reserve. We'll make that statement now, but I'm sure there'll be more news on that as the week progresses. Let's look at the pass catchers now as we wrap up the offense. Receiving George Pickens leads the team with six catches, 102 yards, a 17-yard average, a 27-yard long on eight targets. Pat Fryermuth came in second, seven catches, 85 yards, a 12.1 average. 24-yard long and nine targets. Deontay Johnson, two for 11 on four targets. Jalen Warren, one for four. Zach Gentry, one for two. Chase Claypool may be the biggest disappointment. Zero catches, zero yards on two targets. Still struggles to high point the football. Brian, what do you think about the pass catchers? Not what I was hoping after last week's game. You know, you got better play. You know, Pickens is on another plane. He's He's one of those guys... That he's getting, he's getting his footing now. They're starting to trust him. He might actually start running away with things if these guys are really, if these quarterbacks are really comfortable with him. You know, Deontay Johnson, it, one bounced off him and became an interception. I don't even know. Uh, 
I don't know if some of these interceptions were the quarterbacks, and I include Mitch Trubisky along with Kenny Pickett. I don't know how much they were the fault of the quarterback or whether it was the ricochet off of the receiver. That That's above my pay grade, guys, so I'll let you talk on that. Dave, thoughts on the uh, pass catchers? Yeah, just to, to, to kind of answer Brian's question. Other than, well, remember, both both quarterbacks threw interceptions on Hail Marys. One of them got called back on a penalty, and they got to kick a field goal. Both quarterbacks did that. Take those out of there. Every other interception in this game, regardless of quarterback, was first off the hands of their own receiver. Now, I'm not saying it was the perfect throw, but it did hit the hands of the receiver. You've just – that. That's just what it is. You, and to keep that in, in context. So when it comes to, to the pass catchers, this game, it's like I said, it's so hard to evaluate because it's to me, it's first half and second half um, just with everything of the whole feel of it. But the George Pickens came alive when, when Kenny Pickett came in and then that was the connection. Pat Freremuth is Pat Freremuth and he's going to do what he can do. The, the picket interception, I'm not saying that's on Muth. I'm also not saying that's on Pickett. I wish that ball would have been through. That that ball was off by about two feet. Not that it was two feet too low or too high. It was two feet too low. Would have loved to see that throw it out of bounds. But think about that. That I'm sorry. I know we're talking about the pass catchers. But he Kenny Pickett threw that ball where only his receiver could catch it or it was going out of bounds. And it ended up as an interception. I mean, think about that. How many times do you throw a ball that only your receiver could catch it or it's going to go out of bounds, and it ends up being an interception. That's just that, – that, that, that's crazy. Uh, the pass catchers, the disappointing thing is the Claypool and even the Deontay Johnson. But I'd have to go back and ask someone who pays attention more to the secondary, how were the Jets keying on those guys? And were the, and were the Steelers smart in taking advantage of stuff with Pickens because were they giving more attention to other players? Um Man, it'd be really nice to get someone else into the mix there. I think Gunnar O only comes in on running plays. Um, don't know that he pays, plays in any passing plays. My goodness, the one time they they mistimed his his end around so bad, he had to stop in motion and then go to get the handoff. It was so obvious it was coming to him because they screwed that up. Um, so all in all, they didn't really. I, I don't. How do you judge that when the three interceptions all hit hands of the receivers, Jeff? What, what do you say about that? You you hate to you hate to provide <laughs> excuses for quarterbacks just in general. And this isn't just a Kenny Pickett thing, but Deontay Johnson, you got to catch the football in the first yeah. half. I mean that that was horrible. Yeah. That that was mm-hmm. horrible. People people said oh, I was a little high. A little high. If he would have missed it, it would have hit him in the face mask. I'm sorry. Like every, mm. Not every pass is absolutely perfect every single time. I don't know a quarterback that's ever done that. And then, you know, Kenny Pickett talked about the Pat Fryermuth interception in his post-game press conference and said, I tried to throw it in a spot where only my guy could get it. He wanted, he said, I actually wished I threw it a little bit higher because then maybe it just would have gone out of bounds. But that's hindsight. He's, but he took all the credit for it. He said, look, I can't throw, I can't turn the ball over. I can't throw three interceptions. But at the same time, he did say he wants to give his guys a chance to make plays. So he told Chase Claypool, I'm going to come back to you because – you're a playmaker, and he trusts his playmakers. He was the one, though, that in talking about the pass catchers here, bringing it back full circle, and George Pickens was had one-on-one coverage, and he finally isolated him. Like That was the difference. <laughs> he had one-on-one. They're sliding safety help to the other side, and he said, I'm going to back shoulder throw this until they stop it, and they didn't. 
And it was yeah. big connections every time. 102 yards for George Pickens. Well, and but also look at this. What uh, Kenny Pickett was 10 of 13 with three interceptions. That means on plays that actually counted and no penalty or anything like that, he didn't have a pass hit the turf. No, no. It, but it, it it just sucks because what we're talking yeah. about is a loss, and we're talking about three interceptions. Yeah. And even though that last pass play, like we all say it, well, we're not going to really count that, but it counts as an interception. Yeah. It's going to stay on that ledger. Counted, counted as a fumble last week on Najee Harris yeah. on a worthless play, trying to go 96 yards in a couple seconds. Okay, so now let's let's wrap up the offense before we go to the defense. Any final thoughts on the offense? Brian, go ahead. Yeah, my final thought is this. If the Steelers would have come back and won that game, who gets the win? I believe it's Mitch Trubisky because this is not like baseball. Yeah, it's the starter. I The starter gets the win, and that would have been – so Kenny Pickett does not get the loss here, but it's just about who you feel better about or who you felt better about just a couple hours ago when you were watching that game. If you felt better watching Kenny Pickett or you felt better watching Mitch Trubisky, you'll try to get all the noise out of there. And if you were watching these guys for the first time, who did you think looked better? And my answer is Kenny Pickett on that. And that's not a biased answer because if Mitch was better, I would have said, I thought Mitch was better. Dave, final thoughts on the offense where we head over to the defensive side of the ball. They were down 10 to nothing and came back to be up 20 to 10 with, with, I don't know how much time on just over half the time left in the fourth quarter. The offense, I mean, yes, the turn, the, the, the interception at the end there, not the one at the very end, but the interception uh, before that played into it. But my, my goodness, when they were down 10 to nothing, and, and I said to you, Jeff, I'm like the Steelers, have, this is the first time they've been down two scores this season, actually, you know, snapping the ball down two scores. Cause someone said it on Twitter and I'm like, does this offense really have this kind of comeback in them? Do they? Well, you know what? In the second half, they did. It just still didn't get yeah. the win. I'm, I'm going to say this about the offense, and that is that for once this season, for once, and I know they lost, and I know that and there's people in the live chat talking about the playoffs. Are you kidding me? This team's one and three. Playoffs? Yeah, yeah cue, the, cue the Jim Moore. Playoffs? playoffs. You're talking about playoffs? I mean, let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit. I actually have hope in the offense, though. Mm-hmm. I honestly do. For the first time, am I saying they're going to be world beaters? No. Am I predicting them to go into Buffalo and win next week? I'll pick them, but no, I'm not going to predict that. <laughs> but still, it's a situation where I actually have hope in what they're putting on the on the field. And it's because their quarterback is their first-round draft pick. He has a whole career ahead of him, hopefully. And you are willing to go through some of the bumps and bruises associated with that on the offensive side of the ball, because you know, there could be brighter days ahead. We've seen the best of Mitch Trubisky and it's just not it. It's not a cut on Mitch individually as a person. I'm sure he's a great guy, but as a quarterback, I want, I want, I want the Steelers to roll with uh, Kenny Pickett. I have a little bit of hope for the first time on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. I mean, Tim, can I say one of the things I want to ask Brian this question before yeah, you ahead. transition? Cause this is a good transition here okay. on that, on that super chat. Good. I said this to Jeff as I left his house, I said, I, I actually feel more hopeful, even though, you know, people want to talk about the rough stretch of games. I only want to talk about the rough than the next rough game, because a lot of things can change by the week after the week after the week after it is a rough game coming up. They're going up, they're going into Buffalo to face a really good team, but I feel better 
about the, about a one and three Steelers team going forward with Kenny Pickett than I would a two and two Steelers team going forward with Mitch Trubisky. Brian, what do you think of that? I felt like that in 2002 when the Steelers mm-hmm. were one and three and Tommy Maddox had replaced Slash Stewart, and mm-hmm. I knew things were going to get better. It's not going to happen right away. These are different quarterbacks. They both wore number eight. I will just say that I really like what number eight did in that second half. If he had a full game, I would have loved to have seen what would have happened. I don't know if we're going to have final thoughts, so I'm going to say my final thoughts right now. Mitch Trubisky had a good Steelers defense in the first half. The Steelers defense was not good in the second half. Kenny Pickett did not have that luxury. Yep. Let's get to it. All right. There's Brian's final thoughts. Brian, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to <laughs> <laughs> All right, Occam's Ox gives us four ninety nine. I guess Brian, he'll be back. Occam's Ox gives us four ninety nine. He says, "I blame the defense for this loss more than the offense. Their coverage in the middle was exploited time after time. They made zero adjustments. It was lame. I think lame is being kind uh, in terms of what the Steelers' defense put out on the field there, especially in I, the second half. I have a problem with 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 one of those statements. Sure. They made zero adjustments. They had to make an adjustment at halftime. They had to try to cover for not having Terrell Edmonds." True. So they did adjust, but I think they had to adjust. I mean, this isn't a cut on Occam's Ox. Sorry, I mean, don't take it that way. They had to adjust to what they could do more than what they could adjust to what the Jets were doing. Does that make sense? Because yeah. they were they were losing to because of the loss of Toronto. That's just me. So I, I will say there was an adjustment, but not in the way that you would like to be able to adjust yeah. to, to your opponents. Well, look, I, I need to go over the injuries because they I, th- I believe they were all on the defensive side of the football. Uh, mm-hmm. So Mike Tomlin, after the game, here is the injuries. Uh, Terrell Edmonds is in the concussion protocol, so we have no idea whether he'll be available moving forward or not. Cam Hayward left with both elbow and ankle injuries. He was able to return, but definitely not the same. Cam Sutton with a hamstring injury he also suffered a groin injury that got him on the injury report on Friday. And Minka Fitzpatrick with what was labeled being a knee. So you got to factor all that into this equation as well. Uh, that's what that's from Mike Tomlin after the game in the post game press conference. So, um, all right, let me want to get this up before we get dive headfirst into this. Alfred gives us dollar ninety nine. He says KP gives us a puncher's chance. MT Mr. Trubisky only throws jabs. I think that's kind of the gist of it. That's a good way to sum uh, sum it up. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's look at the defensive side of the ball. Uh, let's talk about the pass defense because that seems like where they got gouged, but it wasn't all game. Like when you look at Zach Wilson's stat line, it wasn't that great. 18 of 36, 252, a seven yard average. He had one touchdown, the game winning touchdown. He threw two interceptions, had one only sacked one time for four yards. And that was by Alex Highsmith. He had a 59 rating. And when you're talking about the pass rush, the Steelers only had one sack quarterback hits. I have them listed as six. I'm sure Dave is the same tackle for loss five uh what did you all think of the pass defense let's start there first brian we'll go with you you guys just mentioned it and it wasn't something that i really thought of right away but i was noticing that absence of terrell Edmonds, number 34 is is a big deal and a lot of people you know like to poo poo that guy but you know I think some of the stuff that we saw in the second half with Corey Davis emerging and he wasn't the guy that we really were thinking that was going to be the problem as fans. We thought a whole lot more that it was going to be Garrett Wilson. It was going to be 
the other guy, Elijah something, something, and something. Elijah Joe, I, I don't know his name. Elijah Moore. I got it. I think it's Elijah Moore. But with that, I just really, they came alive and when he was gone. So I think that makes a big difference. I kind of like Arthur Millette out there. I know he dropped a, dropped a pass there, but I, I kind of like him there. I, I don't think it's in, in shambles, but when you're not getting the pass rush and he's getting a chance to throw down field deep, that's one thing. But when you're thrown across the middle and that's where you get some help from number 34 as well, that's where uh, those mid-range passes were killing them again. Absolutely. Uh, Dave, I want to, I want to make sure we bring back Wes. Wes, he commented on the cornerbacks. We're talking about the past defense, especially uh, the cornerbacks, you know, without a Witherspoon this week due to his hamstring injury, they had a couple banged up. Levi Wallace was thrust into the starting lineup. Dave, what were your thoughts on the, uh, on the past defense? This is just the secondary, not the pass rush, right? You can throw in the pass rush because okay. I mentioned quarterback hits All right. one sack. Okay, that's fine. They didn't finish. Right. The the pass rush didn't finish. They had multiple opportunities to get the sack, and they didn't. They had one on the game. They had plenty of opportunities to finish them, and they just couldn't finish. The Steelers made some really nice plays early in drives, You know, did pretty well with on first down, but then they didn't finish on some of those plays. So that's the way I would sum it up all around on for, for the for the pass defense. And specifically when you look at the game and see that you give up, you know, uh 14 of your 24 points in the fourth quarter, you obviously in the game didn't finish. Yeah, you're exactly right. That was the word I was thinking of. They, they couldn't finish the game when it mattered. And, and this would have been one of those classic wins if the Steelers were to somehow get an interception. They'd say, oh, the bend don't break. At this point, we'll take a bend don't break defense but when you're giving up the, the big games down the middle of the field it's tough to watch tyler w gives us five dollars his tomlin staring down four great teams with potential six defensive starters injured or out he looked like someone browned in his cheerios in his post-game press conference uh he was not yeah i can't expect a coach to be happy after your team is the first favorite for the first time this season and you end up laying an egg at home um, with a 10 point lead, I can't get 10 over point that. Lead. You know, the funny yeah. thing is, is you think back to Tuesday, Tomlin said, Hey, I like our fans. They care. Yeah, they care. And they're going to be really pissed off. And they are, we can see that already. Uh, let's continue with the defensive effort. The New York jets rushing attack. They held them under 90 under hundred yards, 98 total yards on 29 carries. The Steelers had, they averaged 3.4 yards. They did get that touchdown. It was the, uh, the Brees Hall touchdown, which I think that was the game-winning score. My apologies. And along of uh, 16 yards. Gentlemen, what do you think about the rush defense? Brian, we'll start with you. Well, it was a lot better than I expected because I took the over, and I really thought that they were going to – they were really going to uh, struggle against Brees Hall and Michael Carter, but they were swarming around them. So I'll, I'll say it was pretty good. Dave, what do you think? The Steelers running backs each averaged more than four yards per carry. Neither none, neither of the of the Jets running backs averaged four yards per carry. What what brought up the Jets run rushing average was their quarterback. What brought down the Steelers rushing average was the quarterbacks. I think when it came to to the rushing defense, but once again, 
where was it? What happened in the fourth quarter? They gave up 98 yards. How many of them were in the fourth quarter? And the answer is 33. Yes, it, the, the key stop is what they needed. They needed the key stop. Yeah. They needed that. You know, it, it just there weren't a lot of tackles for losses like we brought up earlier. There were not a lot of negative plays by the defense. Sure, Minka Fitzpatrick had an interception. There were also missed opportunities. Cam Sutton had an what? Well, did Cam Sutton have an interception in this game as well? Yes, yes, yes. So, um, you, you he had the one that Ar- set up the last field goal. That's before right. The half. Yeah, that's right. Arthur Millette obviously had an opportunity. This is a fragile team. Like I've said a million times, you have to make the plays when they present themselves and they didn't now for the passing defense. We'll go back to that. Corey Davis. Uh, he had 74 yards on five catches. Elijah Moore, 53 on three Tyler Conklin, the tight end 52 for three Garrett Wilson, 41 for two. And then Michael Carter and Brees Hall combined for four catches for 26 yards. They really spread the ball around. They spread the ball around. They were t- taking the matchups that they liked and it was, successful so let's talk about just the defense as a whole and where they think where do you think they go from here brian we'll start with you you know really you know it's easy for me to say you just got to get tj watt back but even with tj watt is this a defense that can get things done i'm i'm thinking right now no i i don't know if they really can um cam has no help but is cam starting to get tired my gosh i i know people are when they hear me say that, when they hear me mention Cam, you know, they might be putting uh, pins in their Brian Anthony Davis voodoo dolls. Because I'm feeling the pains right now as I say that, because it pains me to say that. You know, maybe that there's parts of that defense that's getting tired. I, I just don't feel like they're right there yet. And they're just missing out. I mean, one guy, I mentioned this earlier, one guy is... Mr. Highsmith, he was just missing out on a lot. They weren't able to wrap up guy. They weren't able to wrap up Wilson. He wasn't, Cam wasn't on that one sack that he got away and threw the ball, ball away. There was that other play that they weren't able to wrap him up in. The ball was loose. He picks it up and he throws it. Why is that? A, I didn't even understand that whole thing. Um, maybe I was watching it wrong. But the defense, when you say that they're not finishing, Dave, I'm right on board with you. Dave, what are your thoughts on the, the defense as a whole? They didn't finish. <laughs> Honestly, they didn't. I mean, when you give, uh, when you, it should be that when you give the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, a defense that many want to keep reminding is the most expensive defense of the NFL. The Steelers spend more money on, you know, like twice as much money on defense as they did on offense, whether it's that or not. That's because of the experience of your players. You have a more experienced defense than you do on your offense. But when you give that team a 10-point lead at home in the fourth quarter, you, you've, you can't give up two touchdowns in the two drives that you face. You can't give up two touchdowns in the two drives that you face. One stop, one field goal, you're at least going to overtime. To kind of a, a little lighthearted note here, I, I was really shocked when they played uh, Renegade in this game. That was, it was early. Be- it was early. It was before a kickoff, and it was just – was. It's I, almost I, always before a kickoff because it's got to be during a TV Right, no, I get break. that. I get that, but then they go down the field and put points on the board, and you're thinking, gosh, that sucks. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it is what it is. All right. We could probably go on for days on this game and the decisions that are going to be made and have been made. 
but that's what our entire podcast network is for. So we're going to wrap this up with our final thoughts and you can check out all of our podcasts, not just the ones that are live on YouTube and also simulcast on Facebook live, wherever you get your podcast. If you just search Steelers or behind the steel curtain, you'll find us. Those are shows like bad language, my let's ride podcast, Dave stat geek, and a myriad of others that are only found on that platform. So make sure you check those out. But Brian, do you have anything else to add before we go uh, with your final thoughts? I know you said them earlier, but I'll give you a chance again. Yeah, I'm just going to uh, misquote one Chevy Chase. I know it's not Christmas, but holy crap, pass the Tylenol. (laughs) (laughs) I want to get this super jet up here. From Wilson Pava gave us $9.99. Thank you, Wilson. We appreciate it. DJ backing Kenny publicly. It's the start of his era. Thank you all for all you do. BTSC and the Steelers help me mentally get through the hurricane. Y'all rock. Keep it up. Love all BTSC content. Thank you, Wilson. And hope you're staying safe down there in the Sunshine State for sure. Uh, Dave, final thoughts. Go ahead. This team needs to needs to grow and bring it together. The problem is, yes, they do have a rough stretch coming up. And as I said, it's only as rough as your next game. The next game's rough. The next game is rough. And then after that, then you'll look at the next one, and it's probably still going to be rough too. But we'll, we'll make that determination after, uh, after week five. But you, this defense or an offense, this whole team, they just need to, to get rolling at the right time. Remember when the Steelers started 12, was it 12? I keep saying 11, was it 11 or 12? I can't remember because it was a 16 game season. Um, it was 11 and 0. Um, yeah. And then they, then they lost. They got one win and in their last five games, just imagine if the Steelers only got one win in their first five games and then went and turned it on to go 12 and 0. It's a, it's a stretch. It really is. And you got to look at it. You're like, you can't bank on that. No, you can't. But I want to see this team getting better going forward. They're never going to be out of it. They could really start going. I just don't know that they have everything that they need. Get Trent Jordan back to really help energize the defense. Get Kenny Pickett out there, leading your huddle, huddle to energize your offense. And get rolling as much as you can with this season. All hope is not lost. You've just really, really put yourself in a bad spot. My final thoughts are essentially that Steelers fans need to follow a piece of advice Dave has said multiple times, and that is just take it one week at a time. Because if you think about everyone's always saying in the live chat, there's been a lot of, they could be one and seven, they could be two and whatever. But here's the thing. If Tom Brady gets hurt this week or next week, that turn that doesn't that change the outlook for the Tampa Bay game at, at home. It certainly does. And I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying I wish it would happen. I can't stand Tom Brady, but I'm not going to wish injury on anyone. I think it comes down to the fact that you just don't know what it's going to be. And you really don't know what it's going to look like. If, if slash when Kenny Pickett is their guy. So keep that all in mind. As you progress through this season, it, it is literally every single game. They've played four games out of 17 there's as, as my dad's good friend uh, used to say in golf all the time, he'd say, Hey, how you playing? He said, there's a lot of paper left. There's a lot of paper left for this Steelers team. Let's see how it plays out next week. Buffalo bills on the road. It's a one o'clock game. We will be back for the post game show. Make sure you check out all of our content and we will see you next week. Take it easy, everyone.